0: Wildcats to another episode of the Weber State Weekly Football Show. We're a member of the Big Sky Podcast Network and I am your host Colby Peterson on the show tonight today, whenever you listen to this, we've got a returning champion Dustin Chaffee Chapman fresh off of a uh, stint up at Stewart Stadium. Chaffee, how was the game day atmosphere? I saw attendance 9,000 in the in It was the a good crowd.
1: Yeah. It was a great crowd. crowd. Students showed up. They were loud. They were chanting. Uh, band sounded good. Tailgate was good had a special visitor at the tailgate. It was a great day. It was, it was a great atmosphere. Like I, the the person I was sitting with, who's not here tonight, Sean Lewis, I looked at him about the third quarter. I'm like, this is a, this is a great atmosphere. It feels, feels great here tonight. Everything feels excellent. And of course we were, we were pounding the ball too and winning the game and couldn't be happier.
0: Yeah. I mean, like you said, good atmosphere. Weather was nice. Tailgate was good. Wildcats looked good. The defense looked good. Shoot, man. It's all good on Saturday night. So let's talk a little bit about the upcoming show, man. Um, so tonight, uh, no no player interview. Uh, we were not able to get with our player this week, but we do have some game analysis for you. So we're going to talk a little bit about that matchup against Utah Tech on Saturday night, give our takes with that. And then I've got a little game for Chappie called What If. I've got a, a particularly important question, you know, about um, what Chappie would do. In a what if scenario. So, we're going to throw that out to him and kind of see what he says. I've got my own, but we'll see what Chappie says. We'll give our takes and why we think that that's the thing that we would do. But before we get into that, let's uh, encourage everybody to subscribe to the show, whether that's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. If you know fellow Wildcat fans who are not aware of Weber State Weekly, we would appreciate you telling them word of mouth is the best way to advertise, right, Chappie? You can't buy that with any amount of ad revenue. And so, uh, yeah, man, we want to encourage you to tell everybody about. Weber State Weekly, whether that's, that's on podcast or social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all good places to interact with the Weber State Weekly team. And if you're so inclined and you feel so strongly about the work that we try to do to highlight Weber State Athletics, you can become a patron. Patreon.com slash Weber State Weekly, really good place to support us and help us grow the... Uh, Help us to grow the coffers at Weber State Weekly so that uh, we can reach our ultimate goal. Guys, one day I want to hire a Weber State student to produce media, man. That's my goal. I don't want to take advantage of anybody. I want to hire them. I want to pay them money to make Weber State content. So become a patron and help support that mission. Trying to get there to that point and uh, give a Weber State student uh, a head start, but also produce some really
1: good stuff. So. Memes, right? Uh, He's that person's going to create memes for us. Is that that's pretty much? You uh, know.
0: I, I got the memes on lockdown. Like, I was thinking more like uh, informative TikToks. Like my vision for it yeah. is, uh, hey, hey, like give us a give us a one minute breakdown of uh, something cool that happened in the game. You no, know, give us uh, give us these little tidbits going on, little stories <laughs> happening off of the off the field or on the field. That kind of stuff. So, so-
1: so does that mean we're, we're we're in like a post-meme world and we're now in a TikTok world? Okay, so I'm, I'm always trying to gauge just how old I am and how out of touch I am. That, so this makes perfect sense.
0: <laughs> Memes will never get old, Chappie. I mean, you can always have a good meme. And if you if you saw our social media accounts on Tuesday night, or no, 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 it was uh, Thursday night last week when the Wildcats took a trip down to Orem and uh, the volleyball team came back down two sets to none to beat the, the Wolverines three to two. Many memes were had over that performance, and we almost had another incident of that on Saturday. We'll talk a little bit about that on the volleyball show tomorrow night. But, Champion, let's talk football, man. Um, tonight, we're going to be talking a little bit about the Utah Tech uh, matchup up at Stewart Stadium on Saturday. Like we said, uh, Tech coming into town, if you listen to the game day show, which drops on Saturday morning, a little something for you all to listen to, whether you're at the tailgate or if the, if the team is on the road, like they are this weekend, uh, a little something to get you ready before we put the game on and uh, see what's going on, but um, let's start Chappy with, um, we talked a lot in the game day show about the offense, about the Utah tech offense and about how prolific passers, right? Like I would say EWU-esque in, in the prolific way that they passed the ball, I mean, really, really talented. But if you followed Wildcat football for a while, you know that uh, Jay Hill has a way of of containing those kinds of offenses, a uh, former cornerback himself, always you know a good secondary at Weber State. And so the Wildcats were able to hold that high-flying offense led by Kobe Tracy at the helm for the Trailblazers. They held them to just 245 yards through the air. That is 138 yards below their average. And that's an updated average with last week's numbers, right? Because I didn't look at the average before. So 138s. 138 yards below the average that was already down because of that 245 yards. So I'm saying it was at least 150 yards below their average before showing up at Stewart stadium on Saturday. Did you feel it was more the secondary that kind of had that impact or was it the D line? Because man, they got a lot of hits on Kobe Tracy throughout the game.
1: Yeah. And, and, and Tracy eventually went out. If I remember right, he went out, he went out he did. late third, early fourth. Um, it, it was it was a great combined effort. I mean, they did get yards passing, but it was not even close to what their season average was. I mean, the right. the spread and shred is essentially the run and shoot. They were running the run and shoot, yep. which is you know June Jones Hawaii esque, uh, you know, kind of evolved into a little bit of Mike Leach and into the into the modern day spread. But it, it's it's the run and shoot. So you're going to pass the ball. Our 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 DBs, our defense, they were going to give up passing yards holding them significantly below what their season average is, is the win here. Like that, that is the win. They, them not giving up 400 yards of passing on defense was, is, 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 is what's, is what's the win there.
0: Yeah. Because I mean, we talked about this during the game day show as well, that, we didn't really use the Chadron state game as a D two school that Utah tech had played the prior week. I didn't really see that as a, as a good barometer for how they might play the Wildcats, but we did look at their opening game of the season against Sac state in Sacramento. They passed for like five, what was a 562 yards in that game or something uh, a lot. Right. And we'll, we'll talk about this when we get our opportunity to see Sacramento state here in Ogden um, coming up in about a month, but the the Sack State secondary has, you know, had a lot of turnover at uh because so many seniors left. And so they're a little bit, you know, a little bit new and young and raw. But uh 562 yards is nothing to to sneeze at. And uh they didn't even come close to that, right? 245 yards net. The Wildcats held them to. Sec did a great job. But I want to talk more about that D-line Chappie, because I felt like the D line was getting home a lot. And if you look, it's like, Oh, but they only sacked him like three times. You're right. They did only sack him three times. Um, but I will say that's three times more than they sacked the, uh, the, the Western Oregon kid who was squirrely. He was tough to get. And uh, also they put a lot of hits. Like I would say that he was either hurried or pressured 90% of the time in the pocket Chappie, is that a fair assessment
1: oh yeah and the hits were not i don't know if it you could hear the crowd's reaction rewatching the broadcast a couple times because yeah the, the mic on this you know the mic sound on the field isn't optimal in the broadcast but like they were they were crunching hits like they were not just yeah, into him they were there were pads meeting pads and Again, it was a couple of times where you could hear the crowd kind of go, Ooh, and, and it wasn't because we broke up the pass. It was because the quarterback was getting crunched. And and I will credit Kobe Tracy. Like there were a few Tough times, kid. oh my gosh, there were a few times watching. I was like, how is this kid getting up? Like, how is he, he is taking a beating basically every play and he is Just getting about. back up and, and slinging the ball. So yes, uh, it was a very good team effort. The, the, the secondary and the linebackers held them to where he wasn't getting rid of the ball on a three-step drop every time. But whenever it was more than a three-step drop, he was getting hit and getting laid out.
0: Yeah. And I think that um, that those hits started to add up, especially in the second half. Like I'd say yes. late third quarter, you started to see his accuracy really started to drop. He was rushing to get the ball out, which, you know, also harmed his accuracy. He wasn't hitting guys the way that he had been previously, uh, where he was sort of standing in the pocket with no fear added up over the course of the game. And eventually Tracy just, you know, he couldn't hit guys. He wasn't finding those windows the way he had previously and, you know, and just getting the ball. Cause he's, I'll give him credit. That kid is a good quarterback. And I think as time goes on, uh, we've said this before, but Utah tech is building something in St. George folks. Like uh, they're going to well, and, be and they were,
1: in three, four years. And they were tough. Like they were, yeah. the, there was, there was plenty of chippiness, like in the Utah state oh, game, yeah. like they, they were, they were not backing down and it, like they, they wanted to be there and they wanted to beat Weber state. It was, it was a fun, enjoyable game, uh, special shout out to, and I'm totally going to butcher the name. So I'm not even going to say the first name. Cause I'm terrible at these Polynesian names, but Celestine, uh, The kid from woods cross, yeah, uh, he, he he was he was all over the place. Um, possibly even my defensive MVP, even though he only had a couple tackles. I mean, he hit that he hit that quarterback so many times. Uh, just was laying out Kobe Tracy. Was excited to be there. Jay Hill actually made a note in the post game uh, because Jerry Graybill kind of asked about Celestine's performance, and and Jay Hill had mentioned you know one of our concerns going into the season was the D line. Um, he mentioned that, that the cell scene was somebody that had, had climbed the depth chart in fall camp and had gotten injured and had to have a, sur- had to have a minor surgery. So he'd been out and he's just barely getting back into things. And I was like, great, excellent. If this kid is there fortifying RD line, that's great. That's more, that's more depth and more strength that we have.
0: Yeah, and like you said, um a redshirt freshman playing the defensive end. And we talked about this with the start of the season we were interested to see how the defensive ends were going to step up because the loss of George Tarlis, you know, the loss of Logan Latoui, the loss of Jared Sheast you know, to anchor the middle. Um we were interested to see how things were going to pan out and I think by and large this this defensive line has really come through. There's two of opportunities guys have taken advantage of what they've gotten like you said. Like like Celestine, who had massive games, even though you look at the stat sheet and it's like, what did he do, Colby? And it's like, you watch the game. He's impacting the play nearly every single time. He's getting home to the quarterback. He's pushing him to get the ball out. I mean, that's he's only gonna get better. And like we said, red shirt freshman, man. Like this kid is just barely and he's just barely getting opportunities to play now. And he's already having this kind of impact. So amazing to see. Guys like that just step up and have fun playing. So Chappie, next question I had was we talked a little bit in the game day show about the Utah Tech running game. Um, we chatted out specifically Qualy Conley, who was sort of their their main ball carrier. We said, watch this kid. He can be dangerous. Uh, he He had a, a decent game against Sacramento state. Like I said, we didn't really look very much at the Shadron state game. It was just like, ah, it's a D two game. You know, they got blown out by tech. It is what it is, but against Sac state, which, you know, is the defending big sky champion. He had some, he had some reps, but he didn't have such a great night on Saturday. He had 10 net yards in this game. He had, he rushed for 20, but lost 10. And so he ended up with just 10 net yards the Blazers top three rushers on Saturday night were all quarterbacks. None of them had a long more than 14 yards and their total rushing was 23 yards. That's it. So, I mean, do you feel like the run game has the run defense has just been impeccable. And I think it's going to be really interesting this coming weekend against Alonzo Gilliam, which we'll talk about, you know, uh, later in the week when we put together our preview of UC Davis, but, is that something that you see continuing Chappie that this is going to, you know, do a number on some teams?
1: Well, in a run and shoot offense, the run is not necessarily there to, it's, it's a change up, right? Okay. It's, it's the change up pitch. So it's, people it's honest. Yes. It's there to keep you honest, to run a draw trap, to run something that's, that's going to keep you, keep you on your toes from not a passing that. So the guy doesn't, isn't expected to put up however many yards, but when you are passing that much, there is there is space in the middle of the field to run and we still shut that down. So and yeah, we saw that, right? Uh,
0: like the quarterbacks, they would, they would run at times, but the 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 backers and the DBs were keen on that and they kept it within reason, right? Like not these big chunk yards of you know, 20, 25 yards. Like, like I said, nothing more than 14 yards for a long nothing.
1: That's exactly right. And and to me, so the test is gonna be this week. You know, with Alonzo Gilliam and UC Davis, that's a, that's that's as legit a running back as the, as our league has. Um, a preseason this, offensive MVP. That's, that's right. This this week will be the test. I mean, the only other running back. Well, there's a couple other running backs, but Dotson over at, at Northern Colorado, we won't, who, used to who be we won't see the season.
0: Yeah,
1: right. Nope. Uh, that, that's you know, this is going to be the best running back we're going to face this season. Um, unless, so this will be unless
0: somehow Isaiah Fonse is healthy by the time the Wildcats take the trip to Bozeman. I mean, I think that everybody would agree that that kid is the best running back in the conference. And that's saying something because we've talked a lot about the Wildcats running back room, which is stacked. But man, Isaiah Hanse is just, he's just great. And plus the kid, I forgot the kid's name down at NAU. He's been really good too, but- He has been good. Alonzo Gilliam is going to be something.
1: Yeah, so this week of will be the test. I I won't read too much into the rushing yards there just because schematically a run and shoe is not meant to- to to produce a ton of running yards, even though they did against Sac state when they passed, but yeah, it's, it's a good result for the defense. Uh, This weekend will be the test. Yeah. Uh,
0: Talking a little bit more about uh, the offense. I mean, quarterback Bronson Barron, big sky offensive player of the week. They announced today Uh, he had 368 yards and four touchdowns. I mean, this is, I mean that's that's the best performance we've seen from from Bronson Barron since the very first Idaho State game that he played to start the spring season.
1: I mean, would you agree? And it was a better performance in that game.
0: Yeah, uh, it was yeah, better than that.
1: We on the game day show, we we I clearly miscalculated what our scheme was going to be going into the game. I had said that we were probably going to run ball control and 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 run the offense and run meaning run the ball because that was where uh, Utah Tech had struggled um, yeah we didn't do that I mean we did we ran the ball very effectively but I I did not see uh, Bronson Barron passing for nearly 400 yards in the game and it was a, a very welcome sight and a great performance I the thing that stands out to me about his performance is the chemistry that he has with T-Mac That's good. and Jacob Sharp and is, Jacob is amazing um, yep. but T-Mac especially I mean so for the last couple of years, I mean Rashid Shahid would would outrun anybody down the sideline. Which shout out to T Mac this year. T Mac's outrunning people. Doing that, right? <laughs> he's 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 getting open. He's yeah. he's beating guys. He's beating guys on streaks which is amazing yeah. um that, that first
0: touchdown is is a testament to that right like yes s- straight I mean, away just like boom we're gonna we're gonna try it and we're gonna try it deep and it's a well-thrown ball yes. t-mac yes. i mean the ball is out in front of t-mac just so that he can grab it and haul it in touchdown right yes
1: and, and and that happened it happened last week in utah state too but to me the big takeaway is that the chemistry that those two especially have is something else i mean in the last couple of years, Rashid, we all knew it was going to be faster than whatever DB they had on the field. But oftentimes the ball just wasn't there. Whether it was, you know, it seemed like it was overthrown most of the time, but it just wasn't there all the time. The balls that he's thrown to T-Mac and the deep one to Jacob Sharp, they're perfect. Like they are they are perfectly thrown passes. They like they could not the point where it could not be any better placed. And that's The combination of those two, whatever chemistry they have there is just working out beautifully. Those, those deep balls and the fade balls like that are hard to throw. You know, they are, they are not, those are difficult passes. That's a finesse throw, right? Like you gotta, you gotta put the ball just so
0: where the, the, the receiver can get it. Like we said, gotta be a little bit out in front to keep it away from the defender, but it's gotta be in just the right spot at just the right time to give the receiver an opportunity to haul it in. And I mean, especially that fade right now. I mean, that is just that that pass right now is money every time. If they can throw it, if they can continue to execute it at the level that they are, it is impossible to defend. Like you simply can't defend it if they get it in the right spot at the right time.
1: Well, here's what I'm loving about Coach Mental's offense right now. To me, the wide receivers are doing one of three things. And, and it's it's like they have the option to do any one of those three things on any play. And this is what's keeping the defense, defense on us. We saw, especially Jacob Sharp against Utah State and T-Mac, the slant over the middle. That slant play is always there. That slant play can easily turn into a, a, a slant in and a move out to run a fade, right? Um, the wrinkle I noticed on Saturday was just doing instead of a slant or a fade they're just doing a 2 yard stop and turning around but the fact that 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 it's like they're it's like every play they have one of those three options and that's what's keeping the db honest it makes it absolutely phenomenal for the wide receivers because they're guessing every time you're not running the same routes every time because it's it's there's it's three dimensional as it were there's three options that it seems like they can run and who knows there's probably more that me is is as, as intermediate level fan <laughs> as far as football knowledge knows. We don't know um, because yeah, we have no, idea. Yeah, but, but, but from what I'm seeing, it's, it's like every play they could either run a slant. They could either run a fade or they could run a two yard stop and it can be any one of the guys on any one of those plays and it makes it so the balls are completed and it's giving the receiver space. And from what I'm seeing, that's the genius of, of the offense so far.
0: Yeah. And so this is really kind of my question to you, Chappie is, Barron had a great game. Wins offensive player of the week for the first time since his debut as as Wildcat QB one, and so it, it seems like he's getting more comfortable in mental system. You know, he's making quick decisions. He understands where he needs to be and where to throw the ball. Uh, the O line is playing well and defending him. There was not a sack in this game.
1: Yeah, you know, there was not a sack. That's what I was going to say. That's a, that's an excellent point. There was not a lot of holding the ball, which is in the past where we've. Yes. I think in the past, that's where we felt like Bronson kind of struggled was when he he was having to go to his second, third, fourth option. Eventually either got sacked, throw wasn't there, something wasn't there. But when he just had, when the first decision was there and it was a three-step drop throw, we all noticed that for the first couple of weeks, he seemed to be strongest there. And that 100% continued on Saturday night. I think I'm back on that. That's a very good point. There were no sacks and he did not do a ton of scrambling, rolling out, trying to find open guys as his third, fourth option.
0: Yeah. And so my question to you then, Chappie, is, I mean, the schedule ramps up. We've talked about that. The schedule gets really, really stiff up, you know, up to the point of three critical weeks, the final three weeks of October, where the season will be, you know, made or broken. Do you see him struggling as the as you as the wildcatition because that montana secondary is coming and it's no joke
1: i mean is he is he gonna throw for 400 yards every game no i don't know about that yeah. right it's kind of the point that we made last week though does but he Mental need, doesn't want that right he does wants to yeah
0: talked about balanced offense
1: balance does he need to throw for 400 yards every game for us to win the game no So, so it's okay if he doesn't throw for 500 yards against Montana, that doesn't mean that we lose that game. If he doesn't, if we do, if he doesn't throw for 500 yards against Sac State, which is probably the more likely scenario with, with their secondary, that doesn't mean that we lose the game. What it, what it means is that we have options, which is great. That is what we want.
0: It's a good position to be in.
1: Well, confidence is such a funny thing. I mean, confidence can, make people better especially in sports you know guys feel comfortable and start feeling i mean confidence is just a really great amazing thing and when when you get that it, it can do good things for you so absolutely hope that bronson just keeps going and that he's the quarterback that we all envisioned him being when he came in as a, as a true freshman
0: so Talking about confidence, I mean, Demon Bankston had a phenomenal night. 161 yards. Um, the Wildcats totaled 255 yards on the ground. I mean, what is it about the run game? Because and, and about Bankston's game specifically, because I felt like the plays were good. That that you know, the opportunities that Bankston got were good, but he made the most of them. You know, th- there were lots of times where he made. There were a lot of yards after contact where he yes. just made things happen using his own talent and skill that were beyond the play call. Right. And so he achieves 161 yards, which, by the way, he had like 123 yards all season last year. So he eclipses that in one game, so, you know, scores the t- one of the touchdowns. I mean, what was it about Bankston on Saturday night that just allowed him to just really cut loose and 161 yards, not nothing.
1: I've been trying to figure out how to verbalize what Demont does on the field. that makes him really good. And I don't know the best way I could think of to say it is that he, he, he picks his holes, right? Like he's waiting for his spots, but the moment that he hits the hole, it's lightning fast acceleration with this guy right like i talked about
0: that last week it's like this dude when he accelerates we saw this in the utah state game when he accelerates on the sideline like this is where i mean this man ran track down in texas right and like and i think we haven't said enough about the fact that some of these dudes are coming up from texas which is a just stacked state when it comes to high school football right and so bankston comes in and and um One of the things I noticed doing research for the show was that Bankston was, he led the state of Texas, the state of Texas and the stacked high school football state that it is at the 5A level. I don't know how many levels they have, but they have
1: the 5A level. He led all rushers with 1600 yards. That's who he Uh, is. So he's, uh, but, but but it's so genius because sometimes the fast guys, like they're, they're fast. Like a missile is fast. Meaning like they're, they're fast for moment one and they don't, they don't know how to veer a lot. Right. They just give me a, give me a straight line and let me run there. And sometimes that's the problem with the track guys. Demond doesn't have that problem. He's, he's picking his spots and waiting for an opening. But then once the opening is there, he's not just walking through the door. Like he's, he's sprinting through it before anybody even know, knows that the door has been open. That's what makes this kid great. That's what I saw Saturday. That's what makes him incredibly fun to watch. It's his having the one, two punch and then the three, four punch that we have and yeah. the, the running back room is just, it, it's, 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 it's going to do good things for us throughout the year. Uh, it, it will absolutely make us formidable. Yeah. If and they stay think- healthy.
0: I think that you make a good point too, where you say that like the, so, I mean, Millard saying here, Bankston doesn't go down at first contact. He's absolutely right. He does. Exactly right. Lots of yards after contact, but also the acceleration makes it difficult to bring him down after first contact, right? Yeah. Was, yeah he's, he's, he's not
1: getting wrapped up. Like he's in the secondary right. before it's you know it
0: wrap up on the first, exactly. He gets to the secondary so quickly that guys are trying to catch up and bring him down. And by then he's getting two, three, four more yards on top of it. And so it just really creates problems for them because of his ability to accelerate so quickly. Um, But beyond, beyond Bankston's performance, I mean, I felt even though Josh Davis didn't necessarily have as many touches as he did in the Utah state game, I thought he continued to look good. He continued to do what he did well, had a touchdown run right up the gut again. I mean, he just, this is a rejuvenated Josh Davis and it's good to continue to see him thrive uh, because it's, it's working, man. Like when we talked to coach mental and we said, who are you excited about? And he said, it's JD, it's Josh Davis. Uh, We're seeing that in mental schemes, right? The, The plays that he's calling for Josh, the opportunities that Josh is creating, not partly because of the plays that, you know, coach mental is calling, but also because of the things that he's able to do because of, his foot, his feet, right? Like his feet are just so, I don't know. His footwork is so, so good that, you know, he just gets opportunities. And so 15 carries for 64 yards. You can say, well, Colby, that's not that good. It's not a very good long.
1: It's not a huge Josh Davis day. You're right. He's had better games, but when you're splitting time, that's a great day. And that's what they're doing. it, It appears as though they're, it appears as though they're giving, giving, you know, each back like a, a set. You know, okay, you're, 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 they're getting a series where, you know, it's primarily them until they need a break. So Josh Davis does not have to be the 100% back. And if, if, if you're running 50% of the plays and get 60 yards, that's, that's a pretty good day.
0: Yeah. My bad, though. The, the touchdown that I was thinking was actually Utah State game. Damon Bankston was the only running back with a touchdown in this one. Um, we talked about the running game. I, I want to talk about, I want to go back to tech a little bit and I want to talk about Joey Hobart because that guy was a problem in the first half. Can we, can we agree with that Utah techs wide receiver? He was a huge target for uh, Tracy in the first half, but man, that second half, they shut him down. I mean, he was a non factor in the second half after the coaching staff made the adjustment. And I think he had maybe one, two passes in the second half that were successful. What, what did they do Chappy? Like to your eyes, watching the game at Stewart stadium, what was it that took Joey Hobart out of the game? Because he was so impactful in the first half and he just didn't exist in the second.
1: So one of the hallmarks of J Hill football, um, honestly, prior to last fall, uh, in my opinion was, was halftime adjustments. we, uh, we, we would, we, we, we would always win that battle. I, I don't necessarily feel like we did last fall as much as we had in years past. Like it, there were games last year. It was like, man, this is, this is not typical, but it is very good to see that part of the coaching staff back. Meaning, you know, when it comes third quarter, you almost always know that there's going to be adjustments made and it's going to shut the other team down in ways. And it completely shut tech down. I mean, they did not score score in the second half. They did not score at all. Uh, So I definitely credit it to, to a shift in coverage, but also uh, we talked about the D line, but Tracy was hurt. I mean, they, they, they were getting banged around a yeah. <laughs> was- combination of quarterbacks getting tired. And, uh, and they brought in the second guy who was funny that we, we had commented on the game day show that he had three picks and he immediately had two picks pretty quickly. Yeah. yeah. yeah that's, that's rough.
0: <laughs> and I, and, you know, and so, uh, Victor Gabalis is his name. Um, and you and the, he, I mean, we can debate whether or not you felt that the fumble, that you know garrett beck recovered and ran back and then got the, the face mask going out of bounds which was like what is that play by the way man like that was just a straight up dirty play you know what yes. i mean like what are we what are we doing here man um but then they say oh no his arm was going forward incomplete pass not a fumble and then two plays later i think it was abraham williams got the pick yep. again so it was like whatever like the turnover was happening one way or another right? Yes.
1: yeah so, I mean, credit, credit to coaching staff for making adjustments and doing what they have, what they've consistently done in the past, which is just asking people halftime. I, I love it. Yeah.
0: Which by the way, shout out to Abraham Williams, two picks in that game. Uh, <laughs> a real coming out for him local product out of West high school. I mean, if you watched the broadcast, you heard a lot about Utah high uh, schools Heard an awful lot about high school. Didn't hear so much about the Southern California and the Texas players or the Idaho players or the Washington players, but heard a lot about Utah high
1: school players in this one. Apparently the announcers were of the opinion that it was glorified high school football. It was not, Mm -hmm. I don't know, but but apparently, apparently that's their take. Would they do the same thing if they were calling a Utah state game? No.
0: I don't know, man, but, uh, but shout out to Abraham Williams. Like I said, two picks in this game, big coming out for him. I saw, you know, when they announced the awards this morning, who had won offensive player of the week and defensive player of the week that Abraham Williams, name was on the list of someone nominated. I think that's totally fair with the performance that he had. Um, just great performance by him. Hope to see more. That secondary is just so good. And we've talked ad nauseum about that. Yes um last question i wanted to ask was turnovers um last season we know that a hallmark of a j hill inst- of a j hill run program is that he likes to see turnovers win the turnover battle we've heard players like mitch tulane former players like mitch tulane say right it's like you win the turnover battle that is one of the key things that j hill wants to see happen that happened wildcats did a great job forcing turnovers the defense forced three turnovers uh, like I said, I think it should have been four. We can debate that, whatever. Uh, do you see the, them leading the big sky in that category this season? Or do you think it's just a function of who they've played thus far? Because it's, we're talking about a D2 school. I mean, four four turnovers against Utah State, which you can you can talk about that. But then, you know, three more against Utah Tech. Is turnovers going to be the name of the game for the Wildcats? Is that going to be a thing that continues? Will they lead the conference at the end of the season? What do you think, Chevy?
1: If if we if we are, then we're in a very good position to win the league. <laughs> I Great. mean, that's, yeah, takeaways that, that was are a, huge. That that was, a, that, was a, that was a problem that we had last year. There were not many games that we won the turnover battle, and Jay Hill pointed it out many times during the, over the course of the season, and it just did not seem to get better. Um, you know, not only we, we've talked about Bronson Barron having an awful lot of yards, there were zero interceptions. You know, so yeah. uh, Coach Mendel told us the hallmark of his offense is. Balance and taking care of the ball, and we did got that.
0: lucky on one. You got lucky yes, on that the That one that was, was that one was a
1: drop ball, and that was just a bad pass. I mean, that was, that was a misread during a double down. coverage. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. it was it was maybe the one thing you know, one real place that he didn't look great on the night. But but still, I mean, I I, I do think our defense is going to get turnovers. Our we mentioned it last week we had Des Williams on. They're nasty. <laughs> Like they've, they've. Mark Collins they is back this week, you know. Yes, they absolutely have an element of nasty to them, and you can tell that when they pick the ball, when they get the ball, like those guys want to score too. <laughs> they, they are, they, they just. I'm so impressed by the by the moxie that those guys have. So I do believe, especially as strong as our secondary is, we're going to get interceptions for most of the season. Um, that puts us in a good position to win the turnover battle if we take care of the ball on offense, then yeah, we could absolutely be near the top of the top of the league in that stat.
0: So I think this is a good opportunity to talk about something that I've been working on. Um, I really think that the Wildcats need a turnover belt. That's what I think. I think there needs to be we need to bring back the turnover song, which was dubs up. Right. You remember that song? What what Mm -hmm. bring back the turnover song? Get the Wildcats a turnover belt. So I've worked with um, with a guy on Twitter, Salt City Swagger. You know, this guy. He makes the, he makes the belts for everybody. So we've got a design put together. I'm going to start a, a a GoFundMe. It's about $350, I think is what it costs. I have to go back and double check on the, on the amount, but uh, we're going to try and crowdfund the money so we can gift that turnover belt to the school. Talk to the coaching staff. They say they're interested. If, if we get the belt made, they'd love to have it. So I'm going to put together that, that, um, that GoFundMe campaign to see if we can raise the money to get the belt made and then gift it to the team. And then hopefully we'll see guys wearing it an awful lot on the sidelines, man, because
1: I'm positive, so positive that those guys would absolutely love to see that probably be a good way to get the crowd involved as well. Yeah. Before we move off of the game though, before about there uh shout out, I, Hayes Hadley was really good on Saturday. Yeah, and, and the comment that I made, you know, to, to, to Sean watching the game, I said, I, I, want, I want to be accused of heresy here, <laughs> but <laughs> looking, at, looking at the way Hayes Hadley returns punts, he might be a more valuable weapon for us than Rashid was. And that is not to discount Rashid's contributions because you can't, you cannot.
0: The only wildcat to ever be a, an all American four times. The only exactly right. to achieve that.
1: But Rashid was not nearly as strong on punts as he was on kick returns, kick returns was his specialty. Get that guy going. Um, what Hayes Hadley can do or and has been doing for the team this year, it's flipping the field, man. Yeah. Like he, it's it, it, how many times against Western Oregon did we, were we down inside the 20 simply by virtue of a punt return? I mean, he's, he's getting 15 to 20 yards consistently. Most punt returns where he's not fair catching it. And that very much flips the field in, in, in the Wildcats favor puts us in a great position to score, but also just to win that field position battle. I mean, when it comes down to field position, the Montana state game last year at home, that entire game was field position. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Literally the entire game was the coaches going back and forth and saying, we don't think you can score (laughs) and whoever is going to have the field position or give, or gets a big play is going to win the game. And that's what happened. Um, so again, not to minimize Rashid's contributions, but with a good defense, we get a lot more punt returns than hopefully we do kickoff returns. And man, Hayes Hadley was he looked really, really good on Saturday night. Yeah.
0: So Chris Chris Ferry has um uh, well before I before I talk about this, I, I want to point out some of the stats. So Hayes uh nine punt returns on Saturday. Um 105 yards total. His long was 26, but he was averaging about 12 yards. So every time they kick the ball to him, he's getting about 12 yards back. So you do the math, you know what I mean? Just great. But the other thing I was going to say is Chris Ferry has been um, talking about this on social media. And I think maybe it's something we should bring up to the folks in the, in the, in the stadium. Every time Hayes Hadley's is going to do a punt return. Like let's play some Jimi Hendrix. Let's play some purple Hayes, man. Because like, that's that dude's theme song. Like let's make it happen we'll see but anyway Uh, any last words on the game chappy
1: before uh oh uh, the 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 negatives if if there's a negative to be pointed out um, there were a couple special teams mistakes you know Hayes Hadley did have bots punt return uh, we did have you know a couple of roughing the kicker penalties that cost us. Um, there are still some things to button up. Is as nasty as the guys on defense are. Sometimes I think it makes them a little bit undisciplined. And my my thought after the game Saturday was that was a great game. There are still things to button up, and that's why you have a preseason. That is one hundred percent why you have preseason games is to get that worked out. Um, I guess my expectation is is more, which is a fan is always a questionable thing to do anyway. But in my head, I'm like, do we beat, do we quote unquote beat JMU? If we're playing JMU here tonight, instead of Dixie, are we winning that game. And, and in order to do that, you were going to have to, we'd have to play an almost flawless game. Um, so those, those little things I think can just kind of hurt us. There are a few things to button up and, and, you know, this season that would be, if we play Montana, do we win that game? And, and, and those little things are the ones that kind of get me. I'm just like, man, in a close game, those are the things that can, that can make or break a game. You get a, a roughing the punter call late in the, late in the fourth quarter against Montana. That could cost you the game. No, you get a, a, a a roughing the passer or a unnecessary roughness play because you're being a little over aggressive on defense. my
0: conduct has been yes, right.
1: That's exactly it. Or if you, you know, if you if you if you muff a punt return, like those those can cost us in close games later in the year. So uh, if there's something we can button up. It's those few things, but can't can't be too mad about the results on Saturday. (laughs)
0: Yeah, because I I said this, um, we'll put our grades out soon. Um, We we, we started compiling them today, so we'll get that out on the blog. But um, I I talked about this in my grades, about the fact that I truly believe that had that roughing the punter or or running into the kicker penalty not happened, that uh, I don't think they score seven there. Because that 15 yards that they got gave them confidence and gave them the momentum that they needed. That was a three and out. And then you give them that penalty. Then they had they built up momentum and they ended up scoring a touchdown. I think if it stays a three and out and you take care of business on special teams, you don't like it's a blowout bigger than what we saw because I feel like that one drive gave the Trailblazers a lot of confidence that they wouldn't have had otherwise because at that point they felt like they could play because they were able to move the ball. That one gift gave them what they needed to sort of prove it to themselves. And they did because they scored in consecutive possessions after that. Those are the only two possessions that they scored on, but still it looked for a second. Like that game was going to be a track meet because they scored on that one. And then they they got the ball back and they scored again. And so I was a little bit nervous that I think, like I said, personally that if, if that doesn't happen, the trailblazers get blown out worse than they do and they just get demoralized they they just they don't have the confidence to get up. Uh, Tom Lakey making a good point here. Red Zone offense has got to no, be better. Yes, a lot of it does. a lot of left points on
1: on right, threes that,
0: that should have been sevens <laughs> getting getting that, turning over the ball on the goal line or you know at the 1 yard line, you know. Yes, that, that's getting a, no points
1: that was a huge thing. That that absolutely was a huge thing that I noticed was was that especially that that stretch in the third quarter there, where you know we had two field goals and a missed field goal that went off the upright. Um, like those are again when when we're talking about those are the things that when we're playing Montana or a top tier team in the conference, like in, deep in the playoffs, you know if we're playing somebody deep in the playoffs, like those are the things. Those are the errors that you look back at the end of the game and go. Dang, you know, if we'd have, if we'd have got seven instead of three on one or all three of those possessions in the third quarter that ended in a field goal, We're it's a sweating. different game. So, yeah, yes.
0: All right, uh, so that's Utah Tech, folks. Good win for the Wildcats. Uh, what was it, forty-four to fourteen? So just as a push right there on that
1: over/under or uh, right ah, over. So, so does that does that mean Sean was right because he picked the he picked the over? So technically, neither well, of us won. That was that was the spread. So 30 points was the spread. And it was push. so it was a push. That means, that means neither of us win, right? Yep. Nobody wins.
0: Um, all right, Chappie. So we're going to move on right now for our final, uh, our final little thing. So I, I prepared just a a question. I'm calling the segment. What if, and, um, I've been thinking about this a lot. This is a thing I think about a lot. Um, if you Chappie, Dustin Chapman could fundraise for any project for athletics on campus. What would you pick and why?
1: Mm. So I know what the answer is. I don't know if it's necessarily athletics, but I know what my answer is. Uh, I would love nothing more than to see a big W back up on the mountain. Um, I'd like that thing to be there. I'd like it to be able to light up white during homecoming week like it does, but I'd also like it to be able to light up purple um you know when they win games let the whole city know that they won the game the whole all of weber and davis county and even parts of box elder county that can see it know that weber state won a game want that thing to light up purple let it be a post-game ceremony to turn on that that w and earn the win uh i'd also sitting in the stadium how cool would it be if you know we score a touchdown and that thing's just up there blinking on the mountain you know, blinking and celebrating the touchdown. I don't know. Green it's atmosphere. going off. It's right. It's all atmosphere. And to me, I just, I don't know why. I mean, you've seen the pictures. If you see, the, there's a photo of Willie Sojourner around, you know, late sixties, early seventies, where he's, they, they, they used to have a WS up on the mountain in that same exact spot. Uh, I, I wish I knew the story of why it left, <laughs> but I, I would love nothing more than, for that to uh, for that to make a reappearance and and be part of a, a game day tradition for us,
0: uh, I, I like it. Um, I think for me, I was trying to keep it football related, but I feel like the Wildcats have spent a lot. They've invested quite a lot of money in in football over the last um, little bit that my mind sort of went back to hoops. Um, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, about about six months ago, maybe, the University of Montana unveiled their new locker rooms at Dahlberg. They're nice. They're nice. I think that the Wildcats should do a similar thing. Uh, I think that uh, if if I were picking the thing that I would want to renovate, um, it's new locker rooms at the D or something to do with the D because I spent a lot uh, of money duh. on football. Uh, you know. Tom, like you hear in the comments saying, yeah, new mid, new midfield logo. I think new turf altogether. I mean, that turf is.
1: We're, we're due for new turf.
0: Due for new turf, and, right?
1: And the, and the wildcat logo in the end zone is, I mean, they'll give us, you know, crap about the flying W not being like an officially school sanctioned thing. Whatever that wildcat is in the end zone is not in, that's not canon in any <laughs> Weber state anywhere. It's, it's, it's there. It's, it's, it, It it doesn't exist anywhere else in anywhere in the school's history. Yeah. But I'm with you. If I, little birdie told me a while ago that the D might be up for some renovation. Uh, If we are talking about the D, uh, I would love for nothing more than for them to kind of do very similar to what the Jazz have done with the D events or with the D event center with energy solution of the arena and take the, like they build out. Yeah. Oh, I said, i you're It's the Delta Center. That's what I should have said. But, uh, you know, I, I wish they could just build on kind of a modern concession facility, kind of like the Jazz did where they had that, that they built out the overhang and just made that a, an, a, an area, a glass area. I would love for them to do nothing more than to just kind of build up one of the, one of the openings and you know, build a, build something that becomes kind of your modern concession facilities. Uh, As far as football goes. Yeah. No, Jeff Millard, we are not doing a purple field.
0: (laughs) I was going to say that. I mean, Millard's in here saying purple field. I don't think so guys. I mean, I bag on Eastern Washington enough for that awful red field. Um, I'm not going to do the same thing. I don't know if you've ever seen central Arkansas's field where it's purple and gray and it alternates. No, it's not, nah, no, we're not doing no. that. And plus, I don't think they can do that anymore, right? Like NCAA changed the rules so nobody can make colored fields anymore, right?
1: <laughs> it, it, there is. I mean, if we're talking about improvements to football, um, you know, I, if, I, if, if it were my dream, I would do the entire West side. Like To me, there's really not a ton of reason to buy tickets on the West side other than, other than to be out of the sun. Um, I would make that more comfortable and go all chairbacks on that side. You know, I would love to see that. I do know that there, in the long, in the long range plan, there is, um, you know, there is, there is the, the plan to at some point remove the track and, you know, kind of build the, build the, build down and extend the bleachers a little bit. Who knows if that will ever come, come to pass, but that, that does exist in the long range plan for the university. Um, yeah. Make it, a, make it a true football stadium, uh, bring the fans a little closer to the field, um, you know, if it was football related, that's, that, that would be probably what I would do. Other than that, I, the game experience at Stewart stadium is good. I just want more people there.
0: Yeah. Last two things that I'll say, um, you know, Bobby Hall was in, in the comments saying, uh, the sound system upgrade. I agree with that. That'd be a nice thing. Sound system upgrade, or, um, I would love to see some sort of a, like an investment in a technology that would make it easier to order food. Cause we've got, we've
1: got the food trucks there, which is great, but the lines are fairly long. And so you they need know, about, they need about double, need about double the number of food trucks that they have there when it's a good crowd. Well, it's even when it's a moderate crowd.
0: Right. Cause like, I mean, we're talking about like, we were at 50% capacity on on Saturday, 9,000 people. And when I've been, it's been like four or 5,000. And even then the food trucks, you know, were, were it was a little too much. And so uh, if, if there was a way that you could, you know, sort of do like what the Raptors do, where it's like you can order your food in your seat and then you can go pick it up when it's ready. A system like that, I think, would really improve the, the game day experience, keep people engaged in the game longer, but also the opportunity to, you know, get those concessions a little bit easier. That's a thing that I would invest in. All right, guys, uh, let's uh, take a look at the upcoming schedule. Saturday, September 24th, Wildcats taking the trip out to Davis to face the Aggies uh, in California. That game will be at 8 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. it will be on ESPN+. plus. Unless you're taking the trip to California, then good luck in, in Davis. Then uh, bye week. So I guess we should shout out um, September 30th, Friday, September 30th. Wildcat fans will be at University Broiler at noon. Uh, the Wildcat fan lunch will be there. So... Hang out there, you know, uh, uh, no, it was, uh, Tom Linky was in here saying they were going to pass the hat around about the, uh, the turnover, the turnover belt. So yeah, we'll talk about it there. Here's the, here's the comment right here. It was, uh, yeah, man, send me the details design. We'll get the design posted. It's uh, really cool, but, uh, yeah. So Friday, September 30th, Wildcat fans will be at university broiler at noon, talking lunch, having lunch, supporting a good local business talking about cat sports. Um, and then the following week,
1: Chabby, <laughs> I was gonna say, you're going to go with, with Easter Washington, but, um, yeah, we, we've talked about the three games toward the end of the season before NAU uh, as being the, 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 tough stretch. These next two games are almost as tough of a stretch. I mean, they're good. The, right. These are good. Davis, the Davis is great. I, we've t- talked tonight about how 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 good of a coach Jay Hill is. We all know how good of a coach he is in halftime adjustments. Um, I feel like Jay out coaches out schemes, the coaching staff out schemes guys a lot. Um, Dan Hawkins presents a formidable coaching matchup. Like the the yeah. games, the the you know, the games that we've played against Davis are always well coached. Uh, the matchup from a coaching staff standpoint is always very close. And so uh, you know, Davis and Ewu, we, th- those last three weeks are going to be really amazing. But these next two games over the course of these three weeks might be the thing that defines us because it's going to tell us if those last three games are going to matter at all.
0: Yeah. So um, coming up after for the bye week, Eastern Washington coming to rate. That is the homecoming game. Uh, that game will be at 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. The W will be on the mountain. Uh, it's a good opportunity uh, to be there. Fan fest will be going. Get out there and tailgate. Get your tickets at weberstatesports.com or watch it like me on ESPN Plus, wishing that you were there. Nothing I love more than the homecoming game. It's my favorite time of year. Uh, It was the last game that I was at before we moved away. And so I always love the homecoming game. So be there for me, guys. Then Saturday, October 15th, Wildcats take a trip up to Portland State to get revenge after what happened last year. 3 p.m. Mountain Standard Time on ESPN Plus. And then finally, Saturday, October 22nd, Wildcats take the trip to Bozeman. Wildcats will face the Bobcats in Bozeman, 1 p.m. Mountain Standard Time on ESPN+. Plus. I've heard that a number of folks are actually going up for that game. Uh, I've considered it myself. There's a direct flight from Nashville to Bozeman. Might have to, might have to do it. I don't know. Uh, we'll see. But uh, that game will be on ESPN+, Plus, like we said, or you can drive up there. So wrap up the show. Uh, email weberstateweekly at gmail.com. If you got ideas, you want to share some stuff with me, you want to you know, chew me out, that's how you do it. Ah, uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook—all good places to interact with us. Patreon—we want to support. Uh, if you want to support us, we really appreciate you. We want to thank all of our patrons. I will say that I just, um, I just published a number of interviews that we did about, about maybe six months ago with a lot of the new faces you're seeing on the team. Those, all of those interviews were available to our Patreon supporters six months ago. I'm just now publishing them on our YouTube channel. So that you all can uh, check those out, I'll be putting them on the blog as well. But if you become a patron, that's the kind of content that you get um, by supporting us. So you get that early. So really appreciate our patrons. And then the blog, of course, WeberStateWeekly We'll be getting our grades up for the Utah Tech game soon. Um, Chappy, want to thank you so much for taking some time to chat with me about football tonight. It was a good. Good weekend. Looking forward to the weekend, day- and of course, looking forward to the game day show where we can talk a little bit more about that matchup. So. We'll wrap up the show like we usually do, Chappy Weber State, Weber State. Great, great, great. Go Wildcats. Oh!